0: That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: All right, guys, we got some fun guests on the show today. No one's super famous, but still some fun guests and some great discussion. So thank you for joining us. And let's uh, get this business done and get into the episode. I could really use your support on Patreon, guys. Patreon is where you get the bonus content. You get a weekly podcast hosted by Victor Ruiz and myself. If you're in the $5 tier or up, you get a second bonus podcast. So again there's all sorts of stuff plus a t-shirt uh, it's just a great way to support and I try to give back to you guys when you support me through patreon desperately trying to get to 40 patrons I'm almost there if any of you guys can give five bucks or even two bucks a month two dollars a month like that's less than you'd probably pay for coffee each day it would really help me and uh, just financially and also just emotionally, show me that it's worth doing this and people do care about the content I give. So, again, Patreon is where I would love your support. You can check it out in the show notes of today's episode. And I think we have fun. It's a great community up there of people. And I do want to give them all a shout out right now before we get into the episode. Every one of my patrons. Let's start with the upper tier people. Brad Now, Brad is actually on today's podcast, and he is one of my top supporters on Patreon, so thank you, Brad, for your support. Thank you for your time, and thank you for coming on today's episode. Stay tuned for a conversation with Brad Dahl. Uh, Chris Riley, thank you, Chris. You rock. Dan Gurwan, Dan is awesome. Dan the man, love that guy. Matt Carroll, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker from New Jersey. Steve, I hope you're doing all right, and... Staying safe. Can't wait to see you again at some concert or convention or something. Uh, man. Twenty twenty sucked, but twenty twenty one is gonna be great, Steve. So let's uh, let's make a date. You and I will hang out sometime, hopefully in the summer or the fall of this year. Stephen Saylor. Stephen, I know we're talking about getting some guests on that, that you are a fan of, so let's make that happen. We'll keep that conversation going offline. Stephen Andrew Miller is uh, he's not an upper tier guy but andrew miller is a longtime supporter of us andrew thank you for your support david gray drake fred roots glenn watson james bennett jason seth jeremy weltman Jerry from SLC, you know Jerry. It took me a while to figure out what SLC was, but Salt Lake City, right? I, I'm uh, very familiar with. Well, not very familiar. I've flown into Salt Lake City many times to then only drive to Park City where I, I used to ski almost every year for like my teenage years and even into my twenties. Anyways, Jerry, I'm so glad you're you're with us here. I know you're. I think our newest patron. So thank you, Jerry. Joe Ryan. Joey Cherry, Mario Charance, Metal Dan, Michael Street, Sam Supi, Sean Richmond, Stephen Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Victor Guzman, Victor, you got to tell me if I'm pronouncing that right, I hope so, Anthony Mackie, Brent Carter, Jerry from Long Island, Gregory Muse, Gene Eugene DX, oh, curious, what does the DX stand for, uh, Gene, Gene Eugene? Jean-Francois Blas, Johan Enderstrom, Jean Boivari, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo from Alaska, Ron Keel, and a big shout out to Victor Ruiz who does the bonus podcasts that all you patrons have access to. He does those with me, I should say. And another way you can support is use our Amazon links. Very important. Just if you live in the United States, the UK or Canada, go to the show notes on TalkingMetal.com and use our Amazon links before you go do your shopping on Amazon. It's one extra step. Those links, again, at TalkingMetal.com or at MarkStriegel.net. And if you just want to give a one, one-time one PayPal donation, of course, we do like those, too. That can be done on markstriegel.net, M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L dot N-E-T. If you want a Talking Metal t-shirt, they're $15, or just join Patreon with a $5 a month pledge. Uh, If you don't want to join Patreon but you still want a t-shirt, of course, I'd love to sell you one. Again, just uh, go to my website, markstriegel.net. Do the PayPal thing. Send me your address, your shirt size. It's $15 for the United States, $20 uh, American money for everywhere else in the world. And I will send that T-shirt out to you. Just specify your shirt size and tell me your address. Those are ways you can support. I hope uh, you'll at least consider supporting. I mean, even if you just want to do $2 a month on Patreon for a a few months, that would be great. All right, thanks, guys, and uh, let's get into the episode. Chris Sinzak, a fellow podcaster, joins me. Brad Dahl, who is a patron on Patreon, is with me. And a guitar builder by the name of Sully. So let's do this. Yeah, I got to get a new talking metal intro going and I had asked a friend of mine who had done some of our previous intros to do one, but then he got sick and he got covid and and he, you know his whole family got covid and man I've known so many people who have gotten COVID, and they've just been out of it now for weeks on end. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel like should I go to somebody else and ask them to do it, or do I wait for him? I guess I should just say, "Hey, dude, do you have time to do this? What's what's going on?" He may. Who knows? Maybe he even forgot. Um, he does seem like he's feeling better now because I saw him on a Zoom birthday party. These Zoom birth- birthday parties are awkward. I've been to I've been to a, like a few of them been I mean I sit in front of the computer but it's like you're, you're all there and it's not like a real party where you can kind of walk around the room with a drink in your hand mingle it's like every everyone is going to hear your conversation so it's like oh you know so it, I don't know man I'm so sick of this uh, I got my second dose I'm ready to rock guys uh, I want to hug everyone I want to shake hands again I want to scream and yell without a mask on. Um, um, I did the right thing. Listen, I got the vaccine. Let's all get the vaccine so we can rock again together. All right. That's my mission to have the world rock again together. All right. And I did want to mention Marilyn Manson. He's been in the news this week. But before that, let's go over to Patreon because I did a, a poll on Patreon and I'm, usually what happens is I've announced these polls on the podcast and then more people comment and vote. But I will tell you, it was a, a war, basically, between ACDC and Judas Priest, two great live records. Which one is better? This is a tough one for me. Not sure I can even pick. How about you? Okay. Unleashed in the East by Judas Priest, which was released in 1979. Or If You Want Blood, You've Got It by ACDC, the 1978 live record with Bon Scott. Which one's better? I, they're really tough for me. I think I'm going to go with ACDC. It's really, really tough. I love both those records. And of course, Rob Halford in his book did say that he re-recorded the vo- vocal part in the studio which is typical of 70s era live records maybe all era live records glenn watson on patreon said judas priest i never i never bug on acdc i lost interest after razors edge and have the utmost respect for them though brian johnson is an incredible human being glenn very cool um yeah but the thing is that this record uh if you want blood you Got It came out in the 70s, so it was obviously before Razor's Edge and with Bon Scott, but I hear what what you're saying there. Um, Brian Johnson, yeah, he is incredible, definitely. Andrew Miller said, tough choice, but ACDC has it for me. Yeah, I'm with you, Andrew. It is definitely a tough choice. Jerry from Long Island said, Angus slash Bon. He's obviously going with ACDC. Jerry, you love The Rock. I know that. Uh, Drake. Drake says... Biased voter here. ACDC has been my favorite band since I was twelve. The energy ACDC had back then was commending. Yeah, it was insane, man. I saw ACDC for the first time in 1985. Obviously, Bond was long dead at that point, but the energy level they had at that show was just so crazy. And I've seen them many times since, and they never quite had that energy. And I guess that's what happens when we get older. We slow down, right? But Wow, I mean, and you you look at the let there be rock live album uh, that was or not album live uh, video that was shot like in Paris before Bond died. yeah the the energy level that those guys put forth is absolutely insane. Jeremy Weltman said, if you want blood, was my first live record. I love Unleashed in the East too, but ACDC edges it for me. I hear you, Jeremy. Uh, Chris Riley, ACDC by a mile. Wow, okay. So Chris has uh, no doubt in his mind it's ACDC, whereas with me, I love both those records, man. Both really good. Hard for me to pick, but Chris says ACDC by a mile. Gene Eugene DX, Rob sang in the studio, but hey, great album anyways. Yep. Yeah. It was, and uh, thanks for pointing that out, Gene Eugene DX. Like, like I think I mentioned, Rob does say that in his book that he re-recorded the vocal parts for Unleashed in the East in the studio. Johan Enderström says I like Judas Priest more than ACDC, so Unleashed gets my vote. The songs like Victim of Changes, Ripper, and Genocide, the choice is easy. That live Victim of Changes. Oh, so good. Ripper, too, man. Those are great, great songs live, uh, at least on in the live versions that they put forth on that record. So great. Leo from Alaska says both are great albums. Two of the best loud rock live albums ever. I agree with you, Leo, but I went with Judas Priest's Unleashed in the East. One of the best Priest albums. Better versions of pretty much all the songs on the live album as compared to the previous studio versions. One of my favorite live albums, but... The ACDC one with Bon also kills. Very cool, Leo. Leo's opinionated man, and I, I totally respect his opinions. He always says smart things when it comes to music, and I, for one, have learned things from him. So thank you, Leo, for your opinions. So, in the news, obviously this week, is Marilyn Manson. I don't know if you guys some people love Manson, some people hate him. I I first saw Manson long long time ago like back in the 90s opening up for 9-inch nails and then I saw him again at Roseland like headlining Roseland was like a uh, 4000 5000 seat venue in in New York City and I thought he was going to be the biggest rock star in the world but he never really went there he never got to s- arena you know draws he can he oh, he could fill a fill a fill a theater easy but never got to the arena level but still kind of somewhat of a household name i you know he he became really famous for sure big on the festival circuit for sure last time i saw manson was in in canada at heavy montreal on a festival he was awesome and i've seen him many many times since literally the early 90s right first half of the 90s at least big fan anyways I'm a big fan I know not everyone is but I am I I have followed his career for decades and decades and it's just sad news man I mean to see what what has transpired I mean if you haven't been following obviously women that he's been involved with one of them a very high profile Hollywood actress have come out and just trashed the guy and said he was controlling and He tortured them and did bad things to them. It sounds like emotionally and possibly even physically somewhat. But and and then other women have come out, not so famous women, and also kind of backed her story up. Uh, His wife of of seven years. Well, his she was his wife for only like a year or two, but they were together for seven years. What's her name? Dita Detta Dita von Tees, I think. Now, she's come out and said she didn't witness any of this that these other women are saying during their relationship together. And, you know, I had a conversation with Emily about that, and sometimes the the long-term wife, even though she was only his wife for a year, but they were together for seven years, they don't experience what the girlfriends do. That, That was Emily's opinion, and that... She might be telling the truth, and at the same time, the other women might be telling the truth. I'm not saying I don't believe anyone, you know, but it's just like I don't know it bums me out i'm 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 sad about it because to me it's just like he's been really wounded here, and maybe he deserves it right for these horrible things he's done and I could say well, no one kept the women in a relationship with him and that's what he said but also i understand that there was you know manipulation there and he was famous and you know he has power and that the girls maybe fell for that but at the end of the day i don't think he was ever holding a gun to anyone's head to stay in the relationship having said that i understand there are abusive relationships and sometimes people can't get out of them for uh, different reasons might be emotional or even financial, or who who knows. So, do I believe it's true? I believe it could have happened. Yes, I have no reason to believe. To I should say, I have no reason not to believe anything that's been said by anybody, including Marilyn Manson, who released a statement. He obviously viewed things much differently. Maybe Dita Von Teese, too. I, 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 you know, she said their relationship ended because of infidelity and drug abuse. So it sounds like she was being honest. But is Manson's career over? I think it might be. I don't know. And I'm sad about that. So do I believe the stories about him? It's hard for me. Really, this is hard for me to say. But yes, I, I believe that the stories are... Probably true. Maybe true. I don't know. It's again, it's hard for me to say because I love Manson. Do I want to believe that they're true? No, I don't. I don't want to believe. But I need to remember that just because you don't want something to be true doesn't mean that it isn't true. And listen, I mean, this could go in a political Uh, direction which we won't because i've promised you guys we don't talk politics here but you know sometimes it's hard to accept things when you don't want to believe they're true and that's how what i find find myself in it's complicated for me really so I hope Marilyn gets help because I do believe he has some drug problems that now that he's in his 50s, it's time to stop the cocaine. Seriously. You know, Kevin Dubrow's brother, uh, Dr. Dubrow, what's that guy's name? You know, from he's more famous than Kevin Dubrow. He was on uh, Botched and he was a big hit TV show and he was on one of those uh, housewife shows. He said, "You do cocaine after the age of thirty-five, and you're taking a risk on your life every every time you do it, and that's just the physical of it. You know, I think years of doing that stuff messes with your mind. I think it makes you angry. I think it it doesn't put you in reality, so." could Manson make a comeback from where we are right now listen time heals all wounds but I think it would really take some uh, major things on his part I think you know I'm going into rehab I'm doing you know I'm I'm gonna re-examine my life but I don't know man I don't know I don't know and I hope I'm not pissing anybody off because like I said I don't doubt any of these women I really don't I, I want to doubt them but I, I don't I think they're telling the truth yeah and in a weird way I think his press release where he kind of denies it let me let's read his press release and end with that alright so yeah there's so many of these women that I've just I'm scrolling through the news articles here Rose McGowan too came out uh anyways the the main the main thing that set this all off was Evan Rachel Wood in Variety magazine uh going off on him but anyways Marilyn's statement which I believe up until this point has been his only statement. Obviously, my art and life have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. My intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent the past. That is the truth. Okay. All right, so we'll leave it there. Too bad, you know, but... Too bad on so many different levels. And when you have all these women coming out, it seems like, yeah, all right, the guy must have been a monster towards the women that he was involved with and sad. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Let's get into a conversation with Chris Sinzak of the Decibel Geek podcast who runs the Rockin' Pod Expo, a very cool um conference and expo that i've actually been to and want to go again to this this year here we go chris Sinzak and mark striegel here on talking metal hey it's mark striegel and we are welcoming back to the podcast a guy who's been on at least a couple times chris Sinzak from the decibel geek podcast how are you chris
2: doing great man it's good to talk to you again it's been a while
1: yeah it has been a while and i wanted to get you back on because you have announced that the rock and pod expo is happening this year and it is not happening on my son's birthday which is the reason <laughs> i have missed it the last couple of years i was at the first first year you guys did it and i just had such a great time and loved it And it was such a great community tell us let's start there when when is it happening
2: uh, it's gonna have this. It's scheduled for August sixth through eighth of twenty twenty one in Nashville, like always. And awesome. um, We're very uh, optimistic that things are gonna be on more of a normal level by then. And obviously, I, I've done more reading on the health department and CDC in the last few weeks than I probably ever will for the rest of my life. But uh, the, but yeah, we're things are looking good. I've got uh, tickets on sale. I've got podcast registration up. I've got even got a few guests that I've announced already.
1: Well, that's awesome. And let's let's talk about the you know, where we're going to be in August, because I, I, I believe that this is going to be a perfect time. I am planning to go, you know, awesome. unless there's some bizarre curveball that is thrown at us all. But, you know, this is going to really be a time, I think, of healing for us all to come and congregate and hang out and reconnect with one another. And I I really think that August, and we've heard even Fauci say late summer, fall, Mm -hmm. we're going to be feeling somewhat back to normal. And I think what a great way to just kick things off you know, and have this rock and pod expo in the great city of Nashville, such a fun town, so many cool people there. It's just, I think it's going to be a blast. And I spoke with John astronomy yesterday and I said, dude, we need to go to this again. And he was all for it. So as of right now, I mean, like I said, Barring any, you know, strange curveballs that happen with COVID or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm planning to be there. And I think it's going to be an absolute blast. I want to hang out. I want to party. I want to talk to as many other podcasters as possible and meet and talk to a lot of the listeners, which is what we did when we were there a number of years ago. And you mentioned some special guests that are going to be there. I know you probably can't announce all of them yet, but as of today, February 4th, when we're recording this, who do you have lined up?
2: Well, before I get into the guest, I want to just tell you, um, I know you've probably followed, you know, occurrences with the expo over the years, but you were were there on the ground floor, you and John. And uh, it was... uh, it, you know, it wasn't even supposed to be a convention. It was just going to be like a podcaster meetup and we did it through GoFundMe. And then I just started calling in favors. I got some record vendors to come. And then I got some people I've interviewed to come and it just turned into a convention. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we did it at the Marriott in 2019. So we finally got to, kind of graduated up to a real right. hotel venue and we're at the Hilton Nashville airport this year. It's a really nice venue. I've even got two ballrooms set aside for us. So um, I think you'll be pretty uh, pretty impressed when you see it compared to year one when you right, really okay. get back. Well, uh, but, the, but that year one was magical, though, because it was so organic. And, and it was a lot of people getting to meet each other for the first time after a lot of years of doing you know calls like this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And again, you had a lot of great guests that year. I remember the heavy metal parking lot thing was really cool. And Trying to think of who else we we did. I did an interview with who who did I interview on? You guys uh, Mark Slaughter. Yeah, Mark Slaughter, Slaughter in front of the in front of the crowd, which was great. And Raven showed up. They yeah. were just walking around. They were sat at our table for a while. We did interviews with them and just tons of other people. So so much fun. Um, it, will it be will a lot of a lot of guests this year? Like as far as like special guests go, or like what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, it probably will. It, it it the guest list kind of grows every year and um last year I think we wound up with probably about 25 guests when it was all said wow. and done. Okay. Um you, there's a lot of people that you know a lot of people in the rock industry that live here now so that makes it a little easier to get guests. I, I do have some guys coming from out of town this year so I'll go over some of the guests we've announced so far. Don Jameson, as you know, from that little cool. show, yes. he worked yep. with the man. Yep. He's, uh, Don's going to join us. You know, Don does his own podcast now on uh, Anthony Cumia's Akum- Anthony network. And uh, he's going to be doing that live at the expo in front of an audience. So that'll be fun. Um, and then we're also working on a comedy show uh, to take place on probably on Sunday after the expo. Okay. Uh, so, so the expo will be Saturday but there's a few things we're we're trying to work out. I don't want to spoil too much, but we're there's gonna probably be a comedy show and there's gonna be other stand up comedians, but I I haven't announced it yet, so I'm not gonna spoil it. Um, okay cool um also uh our friend ron keel who came uh to rock and pod 2 in 2018 he's going to come back this year i'm excited love, to see him love
1: ron love ron he's the best yeah yeah, awesome. yeah.
2: We, uh, we call him the mayor of rock and pod <laughs> so, <laughs> okay all right because he's uh he knows how to take over a room when he's there uh also tommy skio who uh was formerly in tesla he, he's got a new band called resist and bite and uh I booked him as a guest. I also booked the whole band as a guest and the, the, the whole band is going to play the uh, pre-party concert the night before. And uh, they just finished a record with Michael Rosen, who produced journey Santana, death angel Testament, tons of bands. Wow. Okay, and cool. So I'm excited to, uh, to hear those guys live because the album hasn't even come out yet. So depending on the album release, people might get to hear these songs for the first time with them. And uh, we'll also have a, what we call a rare hair set. Uh, My friend Tyson Leslie, who plays keys and Vixen, he's, he's like the master of putting these. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He put, he puts together these shows called rare hair where it's a bunch of the pro players that, that work and live in Nashville. Some of these guys play for like big country stars, but they're metal heads. So they'll put together cover sets of like deep cuts for hard rock and metal. And, we'll have that going on and, and some of these expo guests will be jumping up on stage and doing cover songs. So that'll be fun. Um, I just announced today, Jason Beeler is going to return this year from Saigon kick and his awesome, awesome. record.
1: Yes. I just got it on vinyl by the way. Great. Oh, did, yeah, I did yeah. too.
2: It, it's awesome. Great artwork on that thing. Um, also uh, Christopher Williams from Accept, the drummer for Accept, is going to be there. And nice. Uh, Christopher was there the first year showing off his Peter Chris reunion tour drum kit. I'm going to try to talk him into bringing it back for this one.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we had him on talking metal actually recently. He was showing us stuff like that. Uh, it was on zoom. So yeah, it was great. Cool. Yeah,
2: He's you great. Won't, you won't find a bigger kiss nerd than Christopher. Um, John Billings who uh, played bass with the monkeys and Rick Springfield, and Donna summer, he's going to be coming back this year. Um, another guest from the first year, Walter Egan, you know, famous for the song magnet and steel in the seventies. He's going to come back this year. Oh, cool. So it'll be his first time back since year one. And then, uh, Sandy Gennaro played with Pat Travers, blackjack, Joan Jett, a lot of other bands. Um, and, uh, and then Gary Corbett, you know the Kiss connection, the Kiss keyboardist. He's he agreed to come back. I haven't actually officially announced him yet, but he's up on the website. Okay, so I thought it was okay. Uh, I want
1: to interview him. You got to get him to sit down with us for ten. Oh minutes yeah, he's there. a yeah.
2: he's a treasure trove of good stories.
1: Yeah. Cool. I have a picture of myself and Gary, um, from the crazy nights tour. I was, I've seen it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, John's
2: hair is really something to behold in that picture.
1: Yeah. It's big and (laughs) blonde and yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Yeah, he's uh, Gary's, Gary's. you know, as we do these podcasts, you know, a lot of the times it's like, oh, they're promoting their new thing. We have a cordial talk and then we don't talk anymore. But he's one of the few guests we've had where we do remain just friends in general after talking to him.
1: Awesome, and he's played with other bands. I know I saw him with Cinderella maybe five mm-hmm. years ago or so. And uh, yeah, man, I wish Cinderella would get back together. I think it's I think it's time coming out of the uh, the COVID that we get a Cinderella reunion.
2: That would be cool. And, and I'm I'm working on trying to get a couple of those guys to come this year too.
1: Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so guys, it's a great great community, and not only do you get to see these cool comedians and musicians, but you also get to hang out with a bunch of podcasters and whether you listen to one of our shows or all of our shows, it's, it's fun to really be there. And there's an electricity in the room as people are actually doing live streams and recording podcasts. And that's the one thing I, I I remember about the, the first year that I was at, I was just, I mean, it was like exhausting because in a fun way, you know, but I remember, yeah, (laughs) I mean, and I wasn't running it. I mean, Chris was the guy running it, but yeah, it was just so much, it was nonstop, excitement not and and fun from you know the moment I rolled out of bed till the moment I went to bed and, and just had had a blast, went out to dinner with people I'd never even met in person but had been listening to for years and so much fun. So again the Rock and Pod Expo.
2: Give me the dates one more time Chris. Uh it'll be August 6th through 8th and the uh the home venue is the Hilton National Airport. If you go to rockandpod.com there's your, your, you get your tickets, your VIP. If you're a podcaster, you want to register to, to get a, get, get your own table. You can do it there. There's going to be an education track for podcasters. That's something we didn't do in year one. We have a, we have a meeting room that we're going to have speakers doing, you know, workshops and, and presentations on, you know, how to start a podcast, how to grow your audience, how to, how to monetize your podcast, all that good stuff. And then um, also yeah. the big, the biggest thing right now, and I'm trying to be more transparent about this when you do a gig with a hotel, for a convention, the biggest thing is you're, you have an agreement to sell a block of rooms and that okay. if you sell out that block of rooms, you cover your venue costs, which can get really steep at a hotel. So if you would really do yourself a favor, plus it's a good discount on the room, um, but you, and just stay on site and you can, you know, get drunk at the convention and then just, you know, crawl back to your room. So get go to the hotel link on rockandpod.com and you can book your discounted room straight away. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Cool.
2: Well, again, I'm,
1: I'm planning to be there. I think it's going to be a blast and I cannot wait to hang out with you and all the other podcasters. And again, speaking of podcasting, let's talk a little bit about your podcast, Decibel Geek. You guys are now doing a live stream every Friday, you told me.
2: Yeah, we call it Friday wow. Night Live. Um I figured I'd really rack my brain over that title, but uh <laughs> yeah. it uh it just made sense. I was like that's simple enough. And uh yeah, it's uh it's me, Aaron Camaro, my my regular co-host sure. on yep. Decibel Geek and also our friend Rock and Ron Runyon who's out in Denver and we basically just knock back a few a lot of the times it's just the three of us we we you know, we'll pull up blabbermouth, go over stories or yeah, uh, we also do a thing called Smash or Trash, like the old days in radio, where I'll play a clip of a song, and then you can you can vote live in the comment section if it's a smash or a trash. And oh, cool! Uh, there's also uh, sometimes we do a game called Beat the Geek, where I'm the geek, and Aaron comes up with trivia questions, and either the guest or sometimes a, a viewer that's happened to be watching that wants to come on will come on on video and take me on in the uh, trivia game, and. Uh, this week, we have uh, Drew Rose from Wildside and who has this cool new YouTube channel called 80s Metal Recycle Bin. He's going to be coming on this week.
1: Oh, cool. And then do you re- like package it as a podcast or is it just exclusive to the, the live stream?
2: We did that a little early on, but a lot of the stuff's so visual, it was kind of like, right, the, it just right. makes sense as a separate show. So now I'm doing two shows a week instead of one.
1: <laughs> right on. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it takes, and you got a full-time job too. So it takes a lot of work Yes, and a and, convention to plan and a convention. Wow. Hey, man, you, you are, you are busy, but you and the family, you're all staying safe during this, this whole COVID experience.
2: Yeah, we're doing good. I mean, I've been I've been working from home since early March of last year. So aside from cabin fever, um, we're staying safe. We've all been healthy, thank God. No, um, my daughter had some temp symptoms, but we quickly got her tested and she was fine. But uh, yeah, just we're not around humans enough to really get it. So thankfully, hopefully it'll stay that way.
1: Right, right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I just got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine today. So I, I just, I'm like, I'm like ready to just go hang out at the bar and stuff, but I I don't know. It's still, it's kind of weird because, you know, my wife hasn't gotten hers yet. She's getting her first on Saturday, but it's just like,
2: is there like a lot of weird side effects with it? Uh,
1: I had, I had zero side effects on the. Well, I shouldn't say zero on the first jab. Um, I, I fell asleep. Like I was watching TV sitting in a chair and I fell asleep that night like at like nine 30, which is extremely rare for me to (laughs) like, so I guess I was just overly tired for less than 24 hours the first time around. And I mean, I just got the second one literally six hours ago. So, so far, no. Yeah. So far, nothing. Hopefully that's the way it stays, but yeah, even if there are some minor side effects, it's I think going to be well worth it to just
2: feel safe and, get out. I've there. never looked more forward to getting a shot my entire life.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm like ready to just go like walk around the grocery store. You know what I mean? It's like it's anything just to get me out of out of here, you know, and not
2: not feel stressed out with, uh,
1: you know. I mean, you have to wear a mask in the store. Oh sure, you but you do, I've got but, that's yeah.
2: become second nature for me. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty I, even if the mask thing had to continue for a while, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, well, I I really think by the time we get to August, it's just this is going to be such a great party and hang and meaningful because I think we're all coming out of this thing together. Yeah. And you know, they announced today the UK is going to have their entire population minus kids vaccinated by by June. And you can't help but think, you know, we're a little behind them. I think they're at 15% of their population at this point on February 4th have been vaccinated, whereas we're at like 8%. But even if we're the entire population, you know, at The beginning of July or something, we're still gonna. It's still gonna be really good for things and events happening in August. And besides rock and pot, I got concert tickets in August for Motley Crue and Rage Against the Machine, two big stadium and arena shows. So I'm, I'm just really, to me, August is the month that we embrace this world again and again rock and pod expo in Nashville is going to be a great way to, to do that. So please come hang with me, come hang with Chris at the rock and pod expo and Chris back to decibel geek. What is new with you and Aaron and the actual podcast version of decibel geek?
2: Well, we, um, once we get to April this year, well, that'll be 10 years for us. We'll finally oh, wow. get the Congratulations. decade. Thank you. Yeah. I know it's not as long as Talking Metal, but it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's yeah. a pretty long time. And um, so, yeah, and then I think we'll clap. we we should come up on 500 episodes this year. So that'll be cool. And uh, we're now on the uh, Pantheon podcast network. It's a really cool network of music podcasts. And I'm, I'm having a ball working with those guys. And, yeah, we just, you know, we had to with all the, the copyright stuff coming down um, with, you know, people getting taken off platforms and stuff over the last year that affected us early last year. And it kind of forced us to kind of recalibrate the show. And, and we've yeah, went through the same thing recently. You know, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, we can't do our old radio sucks radio shows like we used to where we play 10 songs, but that's okay. Um, it's actually been kind of refreshing to, to have to change things up. It's it's made us dig, dig a little deeper for more interesting topics and, We've had some cool guests. We just had Ron Keel on this week, and that'll be that episode will be out probably by the time you hear this. So, uh, still love doing the interviews, but uh, yeah, we 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 did the quarantine sessions for like two months, and then it's like, okay, quarantine's gonna last indefinitely, so let's get back right. to regular topics again. <laughs> so, right on. But uh, yeah, it's been uh but yeah ten years this year, and uh, just still having a blast doing it with Aaron Camaro. And you've now completely
1: removed any music snippets or songs from from the show.
2: Uh, we'll still do, we will still do snippets, but, right, um, okay. but no full songs. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, and, and on Pantheon, they, they helped work it out to where we could get back onto Spotify through their feed. And yeah, but okay. we just, we backdated it only to like when we had to start making changes. So right on, you know, the early catalog, you could still find it on other places though. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a change, but you know, we all have to just deal with it.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even know if I've told my listeners this, but we were just recently within the last week actually reinstated to Spotify. So oh, good. Um, yeah, the, the old ghost feed that they, when they removed us, like for some reason, all the episodes disappeared, but the page was still there. So that is still there, but, but there is another talking metal page where if you go there, all the episodes are there. And of course we we're no longer playing any music whatsoever um, on, on the podcast, which has been kind of a weird change after, you know, for well over 15 years playing music sure. on the podcast. But I feel like you, it's kind of given me a kick, I'm you know, doing some new segments and there's a new kind of feel and tone to the show. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, no, honestly, it is I what mean, it is. A lot of our listeners just said, you know, if I want to listen to the songs, I'll just look them up. You know, they're like, they, they, they want to hear the discussion more so than the music. So I was like, that we're, we we did not really take much of a hit on the audience when we changed. So I was happy Good. for that. Good. Yeah. I had like
1: 50% of the people told me, oh yeah, well I miss the music and that's, uh, what, you know, I loved hearing the songs and there was another 50% who were just like, Oh, I could care less about the music. And some people even told me they would fast forward the songs. So I was like, okay. I'm that
2: kind of listener for a yeah. lot of music, but I just want to hear the host talk. You know? Right. That's just me.
1: Right on, right on. Cool. And have you had any interesting guests lately on the show?
2: Uh, well, one interesting, and you might actually know that. Do you know Tony man?
1: Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, not well, because I'm not, it's not ringing oh, okay. a bell right now. Well, the name sounds vaguely familiar
2: he I'm sure John probably know he's a New York guy and he's been kind of part of the New York rock scene since like the seventies. And he put out a book called lost rockers a few years back. And um, he was really good friends with Sylvain from the dolls who just passed away. And um, he's been a listener to Despel geek for years. And when it, when Sill passed, I was just like, I, we got to get Tony on the show. And he came on and he just had so many cool stories about the early days of the New York rock scene. That's one I would recommend people to listen to for sure.
1: Awesome. Cool. We would definitely check that out, Chris. And where's the best place that you can be followed on social media?
2: Uh, well for decibel geek, I guess just look up decibel geek pod on Twitter. Um, I think it's just decibel geek on Instagram. Facebook's really our home thing though. Just look up decibel geek on, uh, on Facebook. If you want to follow me personally, um, pull up Facebook, go to the search bar and just punch your keyboard. It'll probably bring my name up.
1: So in closing, Chris, you've been doing this 10 years. I'm in my almost 16th year, which is just un- wow. unbelievable. And even when when you started, even though it was a number of years after I did, the, the field at that point for podcasts that spoke about music and even played music it was wide opened you know and i i feel like now there are so many out there that it's just so cluttered and when i got on itunes my podcast back in 2005 we were literally one of a like Three hundred podcasts, and that's not music podcasts. That's podcast Period. Wow, that is and, way. And back. now I did some work actually with Apple this this past year back in twenty twenty, and they had a, a stat that was going around like on an internal memo that w- that said there are over, um, I'm trying to remember there there are over a million shows. That's not episodes, but it was over a million podcasts uh-huh. on apple podcasts and oh, it's like yeah. how how do how do you cut through do you have any suggestions on how you kind of separate yourself maybe to somebody who's thinking of starting a podcast. Cause people ask me, "Eh, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, dude, it's, it's so hard (laughs) to cut through now. I mean, we have listeners that have been with us 10, 15 years. And I think that's why we still, well, thank you. Why we still have some success and and visibility and do some okay numbers, you know, but I can't imagine starting a new podcast today from scratch and and thinking that you're going to get thousands of listeners. It's really, it's really mm-hmm. tough.
2: It's well, I mean, it's, but it can be done. I, I think it's, I, t- you know, obviously running rock and Pot, I do a lot of research on what's out there and try to get new shows. So, you know, I, I, obviously I love having my friends come, but I always try to get new shows to, be part of it because it's it, it's a good launching ground for shows too to network. So um, of course I would do the Gene Simmons thing and say, "Well, come to Rockin Pod and learn how to grow your audience." But anyway, <laughs> but I, no, right, right. no, I I tell people because I get asked this a lot by people that start up shows. Um, the biggest thing is interact with your audience, like especially on social media. Um, that's why I started doing Geeks of the Week years ago. It was just because it's like you know, if 10 people share my episode on Facebook, I'm going to name them off and give them recognition for it because they don't have to do that. They could share anything on Facebook and people like hearing their name, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, otherwise we're all just talking to a wall, but uh, I, you know, interaction is one thing, obviously go for, don't always go for the fame. I mean, yeah, a famous guest and a headline on blabbermouth can help you to a point but it's gotten so watered down that even I don't know that that really moves the needle as much as it used to because a lot of these artists, yeah it doesn't a lot of these artists will do a ton of podcast interviews. And one thing I have learned is a lot of people that read Blabbermouth, they just read the quote. They don't really go and listen to the to the episodes a lot of the time. So that can help, but get interesting guests, get guests that like we had Tony Mann on. Tony Mann hasn't done a ton of podcasts, but he had some great stories. You try to get stuff that separates you from other shows you know and or get a topic that you think will will spurn interaction but although i've never been we have a decent audience i'm happy with it we've had growth over the years but i always tell people i'm like if you're worried about your numbers then you're that that's a big problem you have to do it you have to do a show that you would listen to before anything else and then people will will latch on later on
1: great suggestions chris and I really look forward to you said there's at the Brock and pod expo to kind of just bring it back to that, that in conclusion here, there's going to be some kind of podcasting one one course oh, of some yeah. sort.
2: Yeah. We'll, we'll have, um, we'll have somebody there that for people that they're like, I listen to these things, but I want to start one. How do I do it? They'll tell you what gear to buy, what your hosting options are, how to do it, you know, expensively, how to do it on the cheap. Cause you can do it really cheap now. Um, and, and I'll tell people to go to that class before they come to me. Cause I get people coming to me going, how do I get a podcast? started I'm like, I could have told you better, you know, 10 years ago, but you know, my, all my knowledge is outdated at this point. I'm sure it's way easier now to start one than it used to be, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the education track is a, it's an important thing. It's kind of, we've kind of made it into like a cross between a trade show and a, uh, fan co- convention. So it's, a. Uh, kind of a cool thing there and we are looking to have some companies from the podcasting industry like gear companies and stuff there that are going to be involved this year on we probably have some cool raffle stuff to give away gibson graciously donated a few guitars last year and we we raffled those off so it was always cool to have a tie-in with gibson but uh yeah it's it's grown by leaps and bounds and and it just in the the but the main thing for me is everyone seems to have a great time at it and that that's never that's never changed over the years and I think it's the most fun convention you can go to
1: awesome cool well guys let's all hang out there in nashville this august the rock and pod expo and chris what, what is your are you the producer the organizer how do you bill yourself
2: I uh, just organizer i guess Organize. our founder right maybe i don't know founder founder <laughs> organizer chris I, whip, whipping our head whipping boy <laughs> <laughs> okay right on
1: and also check out chris's podcast decibel geek And, uh, yeah, man, always great connecting with you. I look forward to hanging in person this summer.
2: Oh, it was great to talk to you again, Mark. Thanks so much. All right, big
1: thanks to Chris Sinzak from the Decibel Geek Podcast and from the Rock and Pod Expo for joining me here again on Talking Metal. He's been on a number of times before. Always good to talk with Chris. Let's get into a classic album segment here on Talking Metal. Today we are talking... Armored Saint, Delirious Nomad. Wow, what a great record. You know, not everyone loved this record, but a lot of people did. And I know when I interviewed Joey Vera of Armored Saint recently, he spoke so fondly and highly of this record. I believe he said it was his favorite Armored Saint record or one of his favorites. It's definitely mine, guys. It is, again, Delirious Nomad, from 1985 released by chrysalis records produced by max norman who we know from those first two aussie records and uh, megadeth among many others max norman great producer anyways let me uh get into my pre-written script here which is a part of my weekly email. Do you guys get the weekly email? If not, go to markstriegel.net and sign up for my weekly email. I enjoy doing that. I put a lot of work into it. It's all things Mark Striegel, videos, podcasts, uh, a bunch of cool stuff all put together into one email. It goes out every Friday. Again, you can sign up for it on markstriegel.net, M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L.net. Please do. I'd love to get a few more of you on the list. All right, so Delirious Nomad. In 1985, Armored Saint released one of their best albums. It was called Delirious Nomad, and although it might be hard to recognize today, it was simultaneously a bit ahead of and a bit behind the times. At this point in history, metal was rapidly becoming segregated into numerous different camps. Most prominently, the thrash, or at that time we kind of we called it speed metal camp, and the commercial hard rock glam metal camp armored saint's second album was neither thrash or hairsprayed commercial loud rock this is an album that felt more maybe 1981 or either even 2021 than its actual release date of 1985 and and because of this it may not have gotten the push it deserved by the label also it didn't fit into the scenes within the metal scene for me this made the album special unique and original the album's production was heavy clean and organic which was not the trend in 1985 you had the slick super overproduced stuff or just the wall of of sound mush you know that some of the thrash bands were getting so yeah the clean sound was you know that where you could hear every instrument and it, felt like you were in a room with a band playing live that was not really happening in 1985 in my humble opinion the sound that producer max norman had helped the band get was closer to what max had done for ozzy in 1980 with the blizzard of oz album than what popular bands like dock and rat and motley Crue were doing at this time And on the other side of the aisle, it was also not what underground bands like in 1985, believe it or not, Metallica was underground and Exodus or even like Agent Steel. It wasn't that sound either. And yet it was even still different from what heavy and somewhat progressive bands like Iron Maiden and and Queensryche were doing at this time. It was indeed in a league of its own. The sonic power of this album, pouring off the vinyl and through my speakers, put shivers down the spine of my 15-year-old self when I dove in for a listen in my bedroom. In those days, diehard fans like myself listened with nothing else in our consciousness than the music and the album cover images. There was no distraction from the internet or social media, smartphones. When When I listened to this album back then, it was not a casual experience. I was all in. And that's, quite frankly, how it was with a lot of albums I listened to, if not all of them back in those days. I miss those days. I really do. There was something special about music back then. It wasn't so disposable as it is nowadays with every song ever available to you on a streaming service. But back to the album. This great album, man. So many great songs. Uh, Really, all the songs are good, but the standout tracks for me are Long Before I Die, Nervous Man, Aftermath, In the Hole, and You're Never Alone. Unlike a lot of albums released in 1985, this does not sound dated to my ears. Like I said earlier, if this was some new band out of Europe somewhere, out of Scandinavia, Doing traditional style metal in 2021. I mean, it would fit right in with that. That's why I say, in some ways, it was a bit behind and yet ahead of his times. I said that earlier. Uh, For some reason, it's not available on Apple Music in the United States. Don't know why, very strange, but it is available on Spotify. Or even better, get a vinyl copy and give it a spin. Delirious Nomad by Armored Saint. All right, let's get into my interview, my chat with a Patreon supporter named Brad Dahl. All right. So let's uh let's just wing it. We'll just go for it. Ho- like ho- hold on one second. What's up, man? Can can you t- can you have the dog go to mommy? Okay. <laughs>
3: No dogs allowed. Yeah, well, we got this. We got this puppy, and he's just like, I know, I know,
1: it's gonna hold odors. And in, yeah, we're in the basement, so he'll just be putting his face in a mouse trap or something. Um, <laughs> you have right. mouse traps in the basement?
3: Yeah. Ooh. Don't don't use the stuff with uh, poison in it because that's bad for dogs. Yeah. or oh, you would know. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I would know. I get yeah. that call all the time, and it's like, a, there's no good way out of it. It's like, yeah, you need to go to a vet now right <laughs> well, i don't want to well you know guys it's, it's like i you said it once in one of your podcasts you know if you can't afford to spend money on your animal don't have one right on
1: right on ladies and gentlemen we are talking with brad Dahl from utah how are you brad doing great mark thanks for having me you bet you bet and uh just started rolling a little early there. We were having a funny conversation on my dog, Otis, who is tromping around the, the basement. And, uh, there's a lot of stuff he could get into trouble with down here. And Brad is a supporter of talking metal on Patreon and somebody I've met at M three. He has his own streaming radio station, which we're going to talk to him about, but your day gig, I guess I would call it is fascinating to me because you are what the poison uh savior what poison control what what what's your official title
3: uh the best the best one ever is I went to teach a class once and I walked in and it was a high school class it was a high school honors class and uh one of the kids goes hey it's the poison dude and I was like oh yeah so I think poison dude is uh a very very acceptable um yeah. I don't let my students call me Dr. Doll. We don't do that. We, uh, I, you, you know, I, I let one guy start calling me Dr. Brad and I was like, yeah, that's okay. I can, I can roll with that. Right. But, you know, I, work, I work at the poison control center and uh, I spend a lot of time answering the phone, saving uh, lives one call at a time. Wow. Uh, solving, well, good solving for you, all. man. Oh, that, well, you know, it's, it, you know, I, yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, strange things happen and, and uh most of the stuff most of the stuff is not a big deal, and I'm cool with that. I love it when people don't get sick. I don't like it when people get really sick. I, right. I mean it's fascinating from a talk yeah. standpoint, it's fascinating. But I really I don't like it when they get really sick. I really don't like it when they die. Right. So, yeah. That would I do I do my best to avoid both of those things.
1: Right on, right on. And you guys are based in Utah, but yes. are you taking calls nationally, internationally, like where are the calls coming in from?
3: Well, because uh, yeah, we are the Utah poison control center. So we cover the entire state State. of Utah. We're funded by the state of Utah. And it's like nine one one for poisonings in case somebody doesn't know what a poison center is. it's like, you think you've been poisoned. You think somebody has been poisoned. uh, You call us and, uh, or you call your local poison center and they will help you out. They better anyway. And, but we do get calls because of cell phones. We get calls from all over the world. Wow. Um, Yeah. Internet phones. I mean, we get, I've I've had calls from Papua New Guinea. I mean, I've had calls in all kinds of crazy places because people have a Utah uh, phone number associated with their, their internet phone. And so because of that, they get directed to us. So that's kind of interesting. And you have a calming voice. And is that something that you've developed with, with your
1: job or is that something you just naturally had? Have, do you practice speaking to people and trying to calm them down?
3: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And it's very nice of you to say that, by the way. Um, no, I do not practice. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, just ask my wife. She says, I practice nothing right i I roll i roll out of bed and i do what i do and and uh certainly having the radio station has helped me kind of work on um having a better voice um i mean you probably you probably had this when you started recording uh did you like the sound of your voice no not
1: not initially you know and i i before i was speaking on a podcast you know i was a singer too and that that was also something that that at first it was very hard to listen to myself sing, and also hard to hear yourself speak because. Oh, oh, oh so you just got a, a glimpse of Otis there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know who that was. That was Emily with Otis. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah. Emily just shoved Otis in the, in the camera guys. So anyways, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Sometimes it's hard to listen to the sound of your own voice.
3: Yeah. So I've kind of gone through that too, where it's like, you hear your voice and you think, Oh guy, what the, what is that? Oh, that's awful. And so I really don't, I I feel like this is kind of my natural voice, uh, the way we're talking now, but it's also kind of radio ish.
1: Right. Um, Well, I, I do that. Like I'll kick into my radio voice. You know, I, I. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah. do that. And on the podcast, I tend to slip back and forth between the two. But but yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. So let's let's speaking of radio, let's talk yeah. yarg metal. And it's an app which you can download in the Apple App Store. And is it like in Google Play
3: and stuff too, Brad? Uh, at this time, no. We had a Google app, but it has since uh, kind of drifted off. Uh, but the cool, this is really big news, okay? So, uh, uh, so thanks for bringing up the app thing. Uh, we have a new IT guy who is working really hard at developing new apps for us. And they're supposedly going to be super cool, much better than what we have now. I think the one we have now is pretty primitive. You can just listen to it. And I mean, there's a few things you can do with it, but it's kind of cool for you know, listening on your phone. Which is the way a lot of people listen to music. Uh, You can you also use it on an iPad or whatever, but the Apple one is the only one that's available now. But within, I've been told within the next two to three weeks, we're going to have new apps for both Apple and for Google.
1: Okay, great. And we are talking, guys, about Brad's streaming radio station streaming app it's yarg metal and it the quality of the one you have now i mean the music sounds excellent i i will admit once or twice it's frozen up on me i've had to like quit out of it and go back in but the streaming i mean you stream in a good quality and it is well worth the, the listen guys, definitely check it out. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. And I, I saw somebody somewhere, maybe it was on Twitter or on Patreon said that they've been listening and they haven't heard one bad song
3: on Yarg metal. So you do the programming for it, right? That is correct. Yeah. I guess they haven't heard one of those Meshuggah songs. Right. Okay. <laughs> we, you know, because, because the guys from Meshuggah gave us a, a shout out and, you know, anybody who's willing to, you know, give us a shout out and that kind of stuff we're we'll play their music. And I mean, not they're great musicians. Okay. But it's just not my bag. And I, every, anytime one of those songs comes on, my wife is like, what the, what the hell is that crap? Yeah. So, right. um, yeah, it, it's, it's different. It's an acquired taste. And I, haven't quite acquired it yet, but I still play them. They're super nice guys, and uh, again, great musicians. So I've I've totally forgotten what the question is now.
1: Well, it was uh, the programming of Yard oh, Metal. Yeah. You do the yeah. programming, right?
3: I do. That is correct. Yeah. When this started out, this is actually my brother Dave, um, who he he he's a business guy. He owns companies. He's uh, the CEO of uh, New England Miniature Balls, which. That's true and I wow, okay. I, I, I tease him about that. I say, "Yeah, your balls are really small, but you got a lot of them." <laughs> right, so, right. So that that's a bonus. Um, but so he's the CEO of that company. And bef- that was actually came after Yardmineau, but he he was doing other business things. He also owns a company called DTL Chemicals that's headquartered in the Philippines and they make cleaning products and stuff. And that was kind of a bonus that he had that going right before COVID started. So right. he's uh, doing quite well with that. Oh, okay, cool. uh, So he got this great idea. I don't know where he was reading something somewhere in some business thing about the future of radio being on the internet, internet radio. So he looked into it he decided man i want to start an internet radio station so he did and he my brother you have to know you know i love the guy he he says you know of my top five favorite bands four of them are black sabbath all right so that's that's all the music yeah that's the only music he had so he's playing black sabbath almost exclusively 24 7 and i said you know that's that's cool but i, I think it, you'd probably do better getting people to listen if there was a little variety to it right yeah and yeah so he he said well hey you want to take a swing at it and i said sure because i own a lot of music i'm a big fan of music which is why i follow talking metal cool um, yeah so so huge music fan so i started i anyway I started programming the station uh started coming up with uh just kind of all just various things. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm the real MO of this is that I really wanted to promote new music because there's not that many places you can really listen and hear things that are new, whether it's an old band coming out with a new album or whether it's a new band coming out with an album. How are, you know, how are people finding out about this stuff? So I thought, well, that's going to be kind of the push of this, but of course, you got to have some classic songs in there. You got to, well, classic bands. Anyway, I try to stay away from real radio songs. You know, every so often I'll get some Yahoo that, you know, says, Hey, can you play crazy train? Like, no, no, right. play right. it. you, you yeah. can, you can listen to that anywhere. You're, you're not going to yeah. hear it here. So I try to stick with, uh, you know, bands that people, you know, classic bands and some songs that I really like deep cuts, that type of stuff, but you know, to mix it up. So people will hopefully not get bored with one thing. I try, uh, you know, when it first started, it's like, yeah, you know, you should make it really all really hard, crazy metal, uh, hardcore stuff. And I thought, you know, there's people that are already doing that. And I, I kind of feel like people want a variety and, and I, I turned out I was right. Uh, cause okay. when I started programming the station, we started getting listeners and listeners all over the world, which is cool. And my brother being a, a big salesman, uh, he's been out there pushing this thing. I mean, we're, I mean, we have people listening in Asia, China, even, um, you know, all over Europe, uh, South America. Uh, we have a lot of listeners in Brazil, and of course, Philippines, for some reason, were really big there, probably because of the company there. And, wow, uh, cool. You know, some push there. That's awesome. So, I mean, we're, yeah, so we have people listening all over the world. And that's, uh, that's kind of a cool thing, but it's a bit of a challenge too, because when you're, you're thinking about time wise putting something on, you got to think, well, what time is it? Well, it's right. some, different time yeah, zones.
1: Yeah, it's five o'clock everywhere, right? So um, what, get, tell me five good. bands that we might hear on Yard Metal. Wow. Just, uh, just
3: random bands. I mean, yeah, just so you can get, okay. a, get a, well, a, an idea. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, probably number one, because these guys have been the coolest guys to us since we started this, and that's Saxon. And I love Saxon. Can't go wrong there. Anyway. Yeah. 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 And, and because those guys bought in right at the beginning when we started this, and they, they've been such good friends to us, um, You know, they always talk to us, and we, we've done interviews with them, which you can find on our uh, YouTube channel which is just Yard Metal on the YouTube and uh, so yeah so they've been really great another another artist and I know you've interviewed uh, Udo before uh, yes. Udo was so fantastic to me it's fact it's probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done because I talked to Udo and Sven his son and it was just one of the just greatest just chats with those two guys and and they've been very uh, nice and helpful too so you're going to hear udo but i'm not i don't choose sides so you're going to hear accept new accept cool okay, as well as classic except you're going to hear the you're going to hear the whole thing um you know of course guess what you're going to hear black sabbath you're going to hear right. a lot of black sabbath
1: and so you mean, yeah ahead. well the, awesome all those bands awesome we love all those bands but where else are you going to hear new music by udo or oh yeah except you know and and so It's not going to be on Sirius and you know it's not going to be on your local FM radio station. So I think what you're doing is really important and we encourage all the listeners to check it out. Yarg Metal is the is the app and Brad is the man behind it playing the music. So yeah, thank you so much for that. And Brad, you're definitely a supporter of what I do. And I thank you so much for that. Where is you welcome? Oh, yeah. From the bottom of my heart,
3: truly, you and all the other patrons. Where did you first hear Talking Metal? Where and when? You know, that's a great question. And I've been trying to figure out how I found it. And I'm sure I was just searching for metal podcast. I mean, I started uh, when I first started listening to podcasts, I was listening to Eddie Trunk's podcast. And then I got kind of got tired of the same feel. I feel like it's the same four or five guys he's talking to all the time. And yeah, you know, same stories. And it's like, you know, okay. All right. I, I need some more. I need some more variety. So I started uh, punching in, you know, music and metal and things like that. And I I listened to a couple other podcasts and they were kind of not really good. And then I stumbled across you and I can't remember what the first podcast I listened to, but I was like, man, this is great. Cause not only uh, the interviews were great, but of course, back then you played music, right? so So yeah, so you would talk to the band, and then you would play some of their music, and that's, in fact, you're going to hear a lot of music on yard metal that I learned about from listening to your podcast. So talking metal has a a really you know a strong hand in and what we're doing. On well, that, metal. that's, that's a
1: great companion piece for the talking metal podcast. Now that we don't play music anymore. I, if you are playing, you know, we should work something out where people can go over to Yarg metal and actually hear the music that they can't hear on talking metal. But um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I appreciate you uh stepping it up and supporting. We've met a number of times at the M three festival briefly uh, and next time when it finally does happen again, and we're both there, we definitely got to uh, do dinner or hang out a little more extensively, but, um, M3, when did you start going to the M3 rock festival? Oh,
3: wow. That was, um, 2018, I guess. Cause I've only been okay. twice. Oh, okay. And I'm not even sure how I, you know, I, I'd heard of it. And of course you, you, you know, talk about it on, on talking metal. You typically interview the, the guy who puts it on. Eric Baker. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know why, but I just thought one day I have a buddy who lives in Washington DC and I thought, guy, this would be a great chance to go see him. And, you know, just I right, go check this thing out. Right. A vacation, you know, you go eat some good food. And so I went to that first one and I was just blown away with how much fun I had. I, mean, you get, you know, like an hour, it depends on the, you know, the early bands are pretty, you know, short, sets very short sets yeah you know, some of them too short uh but then you're getting like an hour of another band and you know and it's just a lot of different bands and I, I i mean there's been very few that i that i've sat there and go yeah this isn't really this is this is not very good and and even if it was something i wasn't enjoying it didn't last that long and then you're on to another band and i and i had so much fun there that first year i thought well Doug I'm going to make this an annual thing so i went the next year and uh we you know we saw each other there uh, yeah that one and that one that one was good and again as i look at the that, band that one rained a lot right there was a lot of rain that year was that 2019 yeah yeah you are, you are right it did yeah. rain. so yeah i make sure i get a covered seat yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah the the yard metal metal card doesn't really get me a whole lot with m3 and that you know what that's okay as i figured out at first i thought that's the other thing too i thought well this is a great opportunity maybe talk to some of these bands and get some shout outs and stuff like that but then i had so much fun just actually sitting back and watching the bands and just enjoy you know as a fan i was like yeah i don't want to make this a work thing right i want to make this a, a fun thing and uh and I I every time I come back and tell my wife how great it was, and and so fine, and she's I finally convinced her to go last year. Yeah. So we, bu- we buy tickets, plane tickets, everything. And of course, COVID. COVID, yeah. Everything. Right, right. Well,
1: I don't know. They're saying April, my friend just texted me the other day and he's like, M3 is definitely happening. And I was like, I don't see how it's gonna happen in April, but who who knows? who knows yeah that would
3: be that would be crazy and i don't know that i could actually make it in april um right maybe, yeah uh, getting time off work at this point would be very difficult for me in april um but i don't know and plus i don't know that i feel like it's a great idea to be doing this so i you
1: know, i don't think it's going to happen in april i i suspect they're going to bump it to the fall once again but
3: i'd, we'll... be, I'd be cool with that yeah and, uh, i would yeah. too I yeah, and I, i'm i will definitely i mean i, I still have my tickets because they're not going to refund them right um yeah so i still have my tickets and uh i will still go when they have it and i look forward to it and whoever's playing i've learned to not like judge it by looking at the list of bands because again i there are bands that i thought you know i don't know that i'm going to like this band and they're like holy crap those guys were actually really good i really yeah. enjoyed that it was fun great sound system i mean the sound is great it's very comfortable you get to sit in you know nice seats uh, i sit covered and um yeah, it's 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 an excellent excellent festival i can't recommend it highly enough to anybody who likes to rock
1: yeah i always have a good time there and Brad before we let you go i do want to take you back to when you were a kid what were some of your first like rock memories what got you into hard rock can you talk a little bit about your rock and roll development as a as a youngster or teenager i'm not sure when you got into music and just uh, share a little bit
3: of your background because i know you you are in utah well funny you should say that because i did not grow up in utah okay Uh, all right yeah 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 but but i do have to say utah is a weird-ass place and i swore i moved here well let let me tell you first of all i grew up in los angeles i in the los angeles suburbs okay yeah i knew this actually you told me this once yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's that's all right man i grew up in forgot uh, sorry Covina California and um, yeah the, my first memories I mean I, I always liked music as a kid I don't I don't I was always drawn to music I wanted to play music and uh, the first rock thing that really hit me hard was Johnny Winter uh, my brother had the album Second Winter and it was just something about the the sound of that album and just the I don't, I don't know there was just so much just real playing and real music and that just got me And uh, then I went out and bought my first album, which was a Johnny Winter album. It was Johnny Winter and live. And I was like, this is this is what I want to do. This is it. This is the you know, I want to play music and I want to rock. And uh, other bands that I got into, I mean, I was a bit of a snob when I was a teenager because I didn't really like that many bands. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult was one of my biggest first bands. And again, I really didn't get into them until their first live album. I was really attracted to live albums because I just yeah. the feel of that live music. Again, like M3, I really enjoy live music. Yeah. So Me Blue Star yeah, Cult was huge. Uh, Black Sabbath, uh, because of my brother, uh, I did and like what was, Black Sabbath. What, what was the first Black Sabbath album you remember hearing or song? Uh, yeah. Ozzy like, era? I mean, Dio era? Uh, oh, totally Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my I, the, the first one that I actually... Uh, sat down and really listened to was Sabotage. All right. Can't and, go wrong there. Yeah. And I, again, I love the sound of that album and Symptom of the Universe. I think it's just like one of the all time greatest um, metal songs ever. I mean, especially in that little intro acoustic piece that goes with it. Uh, you got to have that. And in fact, we, when we play it on Yard Metal, I plug that in there because you, you got you to gotta have that. That transition is just so cool and so heavy. And the guitar sound is unbelievable. So that, that album, to me, I just love. Uh, but, I mean, I've, I, my brother had all of their albums. And so I was exposed to all that stuff. So, yeah, Black Sabbath, huge. Um, another band that I got into really early was UFO. And that was because of a, at a, a high school dance I mean, the, the dances down there were so cool because they had live bands and they were great rock bands. Yeah. I mean, really, really good rock bands. Right on. And, and this band was playing this song and I was like, Holy crap. What is that song? I love that song. And I went up and talked to them afterward and they go, Oh, it's a band called UFO called uh, songs. Shoot, shoot. So I went out and found that album force it. It, w- it was their latest album. And uh, so I got into that real heavy. I still think that's their best album. Nice. Um, let's see other bands. Oh, kiss. So when I was a freshman in high school, uh, I ran cross country. I know hard to believe looking at me, Um, (laughs) but I I ran cross country and there were a couple of guys who were really into some just different music. I I mean, really kind of glittery kind of stuff, you know, glam type things. And one of the guys, you know, knew I was a rock guy and he says, here, check this out. And he gave me this album by this band called kiss. It was their first album. So this is 70, Four, Four. Seven, yeah, yeah, late '74, and I took that album home, and I, I was like, I don't even know that I gave that album back to him. I think I kept it. Wow, like, yeah. That, so
1: you you were in the Kiss before Kiss Alive came out, right? Which is interesting because you were a, you were a small group back then because if you read any of the books that the kiss guys have written, I mean, they, they almost were about ready to fold after dress to kill, you know, it's like, they just weren't selling albums, you know, they were doing all right in concert, but they weren't selling albums, you know? So that's,
3: that's cool that you were, that you were into kiss before people were into kiss, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got that kiss alive album when it first came out. And of course that was, you know, that, that to me was the real gateway and I've learned this from talking to other musicians and maybe you have too, you know, you, you think about the older guys, everybody always talks about, oh yeah, it's when I saw the Beatles on TV. That's when I decided that's what I wanted to do. Almost everybody I talk to from, you know, around our age group says, yeah, when I heard Kiss, that's when I decided I want to do that. I want to play music.
1: Yeah, and and a lot of people have told me they've been when I saw Kiss on the Paul Lynn Halloween special, that's I was like, Oh, I want to do that. I've heard a lot of people mention yeah. that specific yeah. network
3: appearance. Yeah, so KISS KISS is our generation's uh, Beatles. I mean, as far as as far as getting people into music and playing music. Absolutely. And so those guys they don't get enough credit for that. And and guy, they, they are really good. I mean, you, you, you saw them on New Year's. They were good, right? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, they Great. can play. Yeah. They're, not, they're yeah. not a joke. Everybody thought they were a joke. And uh, no, they're not a joke. Uh, they're, they're actually really good musicians. They can, they can play. And uh, yeah, fun stuff. Cool. Yeah, so, and- the, the, so those are the bands that I was really into. And there were very few things that strayed in there. Wow. Oh, and then and then when the 80s came
1: around, you were able to kind of transition into the 80s rock scene from the 70s rock scene?
3: Yeah, I kind of, um, I, okay, so I moved to Utah in uh, 1984. I came here to go to school and I swore I would leave the second I graduated. And college, you went there yeah, for college? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I came here to go to pharmacy school because I couldn't afford to go to pharmacy school in California. Uh, you know, you had to have money. I had no money. Right. And Utah was inexpensive. I mean, I could you know live here and I could go to school and back then anyway, now it's you know, ridiculous. But, but back then it was very, very affordable and I was able to, to go to, you know, go to college here. And I stuck around, got my doctorate here. And, uh, like I said, I thought I was going to leave, but, um, I got really attracted to the whole poison thing and not the band. Right. Um, right. Although, although people have asked me if I was in the band poison and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's funny that Bobby Dahl, he's got kind of the same last name right. as me, but yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we could be the same person. Um, I could have played with those guys, but yeah. So eighties, eighties. And I was in a band in the eighties that these guys were into what they called modern music, you know, more of the new, new wave ish type stuff. Right. Yep. And, and so i kind of brought rock to that element and you know kind of what we did was uh kind of different it was pretty cool so i kind of got into that side of things too so i embraced a lot of the 80s uh during that time there were a lot of bands that i really liked not just rock bands right on
1: right on good stuff brad thank you for spending some time with us thank you for supporting talking metal we really really appreciate that and uh yeah let's keep in touch and let's Man, let's hope M3 happens. I almost hope it happens in the fall at the end of the summer because I, I think it could actually happen this year. But regardless, we will hang
3: at M3 yeah. at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't want to sit there for three days wearing a mask. Yeah, okay? yeah, me neither, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm I'm hoping with you that it they end up moving it to the back end of summer. And, yeah, it'll be a blast. And I do hope we get to hang out. And if not, then somewhere, somewhere down the road. I mean, uh, you know absolutely guys check out yarg metal we'll uh, put that up in the show notes
1: yeah. and is there a site for yarg metal is it just the yeah. app and the, there is no, okay no
3: no no, yeah. no yargmetal.com you can go you can actually listen to it from the right. website yes um so you yeah so if you just want to listen on your computer but you can get the app right now on the apple store and you can listen right away yep and, i'm uh, looking
1: at it it's on my phone right right uh,
3: now let me let me uh yeah. it's a little hinky Uh, as you've mentioned uh but stick with it and and let me know what you think you know yeah there it is i don't know if you can see it. it's right right, uh yeah there you go yeah right there yeah yeah so hit hit me up and let me know if what you like and if you uh, know of any bands that i'm not playing or you know let me know right on. i'm always looking for new music
1: big thanks to brad for joining me here on the podcast remember sign up for that newsletter at markstriegel.net use our Amazon links which you can also find at that same website buy a t-shirt for $15 if you live in the United States you can do that by hitting up my my PayPal which is linked through that same website markstriegel.net and to round things off, I'm going to do an interview here with Sully. He makes guitars. There's some great stories about people like Nikki Six in this, uh, in this chat that he and I have. And I already aired it. I already played it on my Talking with Mark Striegel podcast a number of weeks or months ago at this point. But I did promise Sully that it would be on the Talking Metal podcast, too. So if you haven't heard it, please stay tuned for that. Really, if you're a guitar lover, if you love rock and metal and hearing about different stories about Kiss and Motley Crue and stuff, let, give this a listen because it's a, it's, a I I thought, a really fun chat. At least I enjoyed talking with Sully. Great guy. Here we go. My chat with Sully. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and we are talking with a guitar maker, a very talented guy. My wife and I love to look at his guitars on Twitter and such beautiful, beautiful stuff. Sully,
0: how are you? I'm doing well, thanks for asking, how are you?
1: I am good and thank you for joining us here on the podcast. First, sure. I wanna just right off the bat, give your, your website a plug, sullyguitars.com. So much beautiful mm-hmm. stuff up there and I wanna talk to you about some of it. But first, are you from Lombard, Illinois?
0: I am from Lombard, Illinois. Um, I, I moved around a bunch, but that was probably where I lived the longest.
1: Okay. I don't know I, how, uh, what your age is, but I, I spent some time at Yorktown Shopping Mall.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I worked at the music land there. Um, okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, gosh, I think you, I, I saw a picture that was shared, maybe, maybe uh, M had shared it of you, uh, or maybe it was a ticket that you saw motley on the shout tour at the aragon ballroom correct yes and uh yeah that was i, I would I, I really really would have wished that i would have been able to go to see that um i was so it was what 80 so that would have been probably 84, 84. yeah that was um, 84 yeah so i was like 12 or 13 right um, yeah, so you're and, a little I'm yes. Not really able to get to the Aragon brawl room <laughs> yeah I guess <laughs> I would never.
1: have been fourteen at that time and okay mom, okay, yeah. mom accompanied uh, was with me at the show and Ooh, uh, yeah okay is, uh, yeah so all
0: right we we're, we were sim- similar boats I, uh, I I didn't get to see Motley until the theater of pain tour um, and so I was a freshman in high school, and uh, I know that my mom would not have been cool with me going to see Motley. So I stayed over at a friend's house that weekend and we both went. His brother took us and it was nice. Wonderful.
1: <laughs> well, here, here's, here's, I mean, this is such a small world because just yeah. this morning, um, I'm writing an article on the uh, Metal Heart record by Accept. And just sure. this morning, I remembered, I was like, at Yorktown mall, I, mm-hmm. uh, shopping mall, I, I got my first uh, taste of that record because in the music land they were mm-hmm. giving away a single and it, and i went and i pulled it out and i still have it to this day and it had nice. uh, two songs uh midnight mover on side one and yep and screaming for a love bite on yeah. side two and that music land which i'm you just said you worked at i I twice received three records there. One was the Vinnie Vincent single <laughs> and one was that accept single, uh, that were like promotional items. So, uh, when, when did nice. you work there? It probably, that had to be before oh you were there cause you were yeah 14 at that time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and I think at that time it probably would have been called JR's records and tape. Ah, yeah. 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 That's what yeah. it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I worked at Musicland. um, in Yorktown Mall at like ninety four ninety five. Okay, or so, so yeah, I, I was yeah. long gone.
1: Yeah, I was living in <laughs> yeah, New City yeah. already at that point. Okay, nice. cool. So let's let's talk about your early attraction to the guitar. Now, sure. uh, There, I'm not talking about building it, but but playing yep. it. When do you first remember? Uh, a want to put your fingers on a guitar
0: so i much like you know everybody else uh our age i saw a picture of ace in 16 magazine right um with a les paul and uh you know there's it was one of those things i was with my mom in the grocery store and uh, i wandered over to like the newsstand, and uh i saw you know kiss was on the cover i didn't i knew kiss existed um and it was, you know, right around that time, like the dolls were out, um, you know, like all of the merchandising, not the New York right. dolls, but, and so this is, I guess, probably right around the time, maybe alive like alive no, well, who, oh my God, who cares? I saw a picture of Kiss on right. 16 Magazine, um, did not understand what uh, that was about, but I knew that everybody liked them, saw Ace, thought that was the coolest thing I saw, I'd never seen, um and uh my sister had an acoustic guitar and she was supposed to learn how to you know she was supposed to take lessons i uh took that from her cuz she wasn't taking lessons and i had this album called Chipmunk Punk which was uh, the chipmunks singing the hits right. of the time like My Sharona and Call Me and uh, i remember trying to figure out how to play My Sharona um on my on my Chipmunk Punk album and so ace made me want to play guitar and you know like all of the other kids you know were kind of nuts about kiss and uh, my mom would get me um you know clown makeup and i'd draw you know aces makeup on me and 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 draw kiss makeup on my friends and stuff and you know we would have pretend kiss concerts and stuff like that um that's kind of how i got started and then so ace got me started um randy rhodes made me want to play well yeah and um and it kind of escalated from there so i've yeah. always you know i was i was probably about eight or about eight or so when I started playing. And since wow. then I've always had a guitar around me. And were you taking lessons or were you self-taught or both? Here and there, um, yeah. uh, mostly both, um, in, in Lombard, uh, there was, um, there was this place called park Avenue music still is there. Right. And the owner, uh, was Steve was like the cool guy that you took lessons from. He, um, all the kids, uh, in, this is probably about high school, Um, the kids that I knew that took guitar lessons took lessons from Steve. Um, Steve grew up with Glenn Tipton, Steve made parts guitars. And and so that was kind of, you know, that culture of the time when everybody was playing custom guitars. And so I used to hang out at his shop like a, like when you say he grew up
1: with, with Glenn Tipton. So he was English. He did.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. And and, um, they, they, they moved over gosh, you know, he told the story on a friend of mine's podcast a long time ago, but like whenever Judas Priest would come to town, um, they would always go and sometimes they would, uh, bring some, you know, bring some of, uh, us students, um, you know, to a show. And, and, uh, cause it was very uh, close knit thing. And I know saying that out loud now sounds kind of, you're going to go hang out with your music teacher and, you know? right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I would go hang out backstage and, and, um, And, and yeah, so Steve was like the cool guy to take lessons from. And so I would take lessons, um, every now and again, and, you know, like a few months at a time, but then he also did repairs. So I, uh, I would kind of watch him do repair work too. And I would ask him questions and he would always kind of answer me. Like I knew what I was talking about, which was, uh, you know, not that, that is not lost on me. Um, and it was just something I always kind of grew up with. And, and I eventually started working on my own guitars. And, and in high school, um, a buddy of mine had uh, an Explorer copy that he decided he was going to sand it all down to the plywood that it was made from. And he's like, Pete, you, you think you could like, do a cool paint job on this? And I'm like, yeah. of course I can. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I, right, I've got this right. weird kind of thing. It's like, um, yeah, how hard can it be? So, um, so that you know, started working on my own guitars, working on friends' guitars, and that 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 kind of thing has always been uh, something that I've done. Um,
1: so you and- succeeded with that first paint job, even though you didn't know what you were doing it was, it was it was a your friend liked for
0: it a, for a for a 16 year old kid yeah sure um, cool you know it was white and then it had you know he wanted look, like stripes and stuff all over it so I, I did like silver stripes kind of like how ed did his but i did it uh and you know different kind of patterns but same basic idea and then a couple of years later he sanded it all down he's like i want it i want it like a cow skin because kelly nichols from la guns had like a cow skin warlock base uh, and uh, I'm like okay it's masking tape how hard can it be and we actually videoed some of that and and wow. some of that footage still exists um, wow, that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's it's nuts <laughs> wow. but then uh you know like uh and then I just started making my own parts guitars in like maybe 2001 or so and then eventually right. uh transitioned to making things from scratch and then uh, you know and then and then going full-time and and uh I've been building guitars full-time for, uh, just started the seventh year. Um, but of, you know, selling guitars has always been one of those things that's, that's kind of existed ever since I started modding my own guitars when I was 12, 13, 14. Um, right on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And besides the website, where's the best place people can
0: reach out to you? I know Twitter, right? Yeah. Tw- you can, you can get me it. So it's at Sully guitars pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, if if people have questions about, you know, can you know, can you make me one of these? And you know, like, like they want like specific orders. Please just go to the website because there's a ton of um, really good information, and then you can you know request a quote directly through the website, and it saves time because it's. I, I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody about this stuff naturally, um, but. If it's, I just want uh, you know this with uh, in black. I'm like, okay, well, what, what, you know, do you want binding? Do you want, you know, what's the fretboard wood? What, what kind of fret size do you want? You know, all of these things, it makes it a lot uh, a pretty long conversation. And so, if we just kind of, if we can, i go to the website, send a quote through. I'll have all of the all of the things that I need to know pretty much right then and there, and then we can, you know, discuss further.
1: Right on, right on. And a couple, yeah. just quick, um, Chicago memories for me that I just wanted sure. to throw you up. A Lombard Fest. Did they have that when you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one of my vivid memories is going to Lombard Fest because my my friend's drum teacher was playing Lombard Fest and his mm-hmm. band was opening for Diamond Rex. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they were playing <laughs> Lombard Fest and nice. they, uh, they, they literally... Had explosions, and this is in the middle of the day, and there's like picnics sure. and families there, and and the, <laughs> half the stage like blows up, and these these are you know literally like dynamite, just boom, and, right. yeah, and I remember yeah. them saying, "Okay, we're done exploding now. You don't have to be scared anymore." And they, they kept <laughs> playing. So yeah, Diamond Rex at Lombard Fest and Guitar Center. How how big of a deal was the Guitar Center stores for you? Because when I lived in the chicago area which was Uh in the 80s Mm -hmm. um you know there was guitar center north and there was guitar center south and i I have such vivid memories of both of those places and i going to them and picking stuff out and
0: buying things Mm -hmm. there do you have memories of those stores um you know since since park avenue was kind of walking distance from my house and they had Jackson's and Charvel's and you know and and all of that stuff um that's really where I hung out and it was in and since um Guitar Center opened um the one closest was in Villa Park right it was right you know right next to Lombard um and since I didn't have a car didn't necessarily get to go I didn't really go there too too much um but you know I I used to really just hang out at park Avenue. And, okay. and, you know, that was, that was really kind of my thing. And it was also, you know, um, they opened that store at that location, um, in, in Villa park just to kind of really put park Avenue out of business. Cause at the time they were, they were really, really big. And, uh, and, and you know, that, that, uh, it, it kind of hurt them. So it was, it was right. a little bit of a, there was a little bit of an us versus them vibe. <laughs> <laughs> right? On.
1: Yeah. yeah. I hear you. So I have, I have numerous guitars and sure. you know, I, I, one thing I've, I've spoken to a lot of guitar players about is, well, you know, I was just talking to Wolf Hoffman about this and well, it's the personality of the guitar player that that comes through on these guitars and that, you know, it, it's less to do with what the guitar is made of. But I know for a fact, like I have this piece of crap, uh, Gibson, or uh, I'm sorry, not Gibson, Epiphone Les Paul that I bought for mm-hmm. ninety nine dollars, and then I have you know uh, a Les Paul Standard that was two thousand dollars, and when I plug them in, the difference in the sound is just ridiculous. Sure. I mean, it's, it's it's so I understand that personality and the the player can can make the instrument, but in my book, there's also um the way it's built and the way a guitar uh, is manufactured also has to play into that. So what are some of the most important ingredients that make a guitar sound good? Is it the wood? Is it the fretboard? Is it the bridge? Is it, I mean, besides the player, obviously, what are the most important ingredients?
0: Well, you know, I, I think that uh, what, what Wolf has said, is true. I I think there are a lot of, like, this is one of those things where it's, it's, it's huge. uh, People discuss um, at at great lengths. And, you know, I think that as you go and you start building stuff, you find uh, certain woods that you like working with more than others. And I remember when I first started out kind of uh, doing stuff from scratch, I wanted to you know, I'm like, yeah, I know everybody uses, you know, this stuff. Let me find some other things that I think that might not be as popular. And that was also one of those things that I can use to kind of differentiate what I'm doing, because that is one of those things that's important to do. Uh, and <clears throat> I, I eventually got to the point where, um, you know, I, I found the woods that I like to use just because uh, they're, they're easy for me to get to. Um generally for the most part, easy to, to work with, um, some aren't always uh, as easy to work with as others. Uh, and, and then, you know, you wind up getting kind of a consistent sound. Um, you know, for me, the, the things like mahogany, maple, ebony, rosewood, um, pretty much what everybody in the world uses, um, works out to be a pretty decent, uh, base for your recipe. But you know, a, a when it comes down to it, though, you know, a lot of people will say, well, especially with like uh, electric guitar builders, and I'm kind of in, I'm pretty much in this camp that uh, as far as a guitar goes, the electronics are the most important thing because, you know, it's it's an electric guitar. And while okay. I, I for, for the most part, for, for the most part, I agree with that, but overall, I, I firmly believe that you know, a lot of people will talk, well, does this make a difference in tone? Or does this make a difference in tone? And what if I change this bridge out? Or what if I put, um, stainless steel frets in instead of nickel or, you know, is that going to change tone? Everything, and this is going to sound maybe a little existential, everything makes a difference. Uh, it's just up to you. If a, you can tell a difference B, if you can tell a difference, does it make a difference? C, if it. Makes a difference. Is it better? And then D take all of that with a grain of salt because uh, we're working with trees here, and some trees really want to be guitars. Some trees really don't want to be guitars, and they can be the same, you know, the same, the same species. I would say that if there was any specific recipe that would guarantee uh, that the guitar is always going to sound great, um, there wouldn't be. <sighs> There, there really isn't one, you know. Right, it, it's, you right. Can, you can, you, you have your certain ingredients. It's kind of like making soup, you know. It's uh, and, I, I add all of these things, and sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's the best soup I've ever had, and sometimes it's good, and uh, you know, you kind of get that. Yeah. They, they can vary. So if Some, you're making I'm, tomato soup, rambling.
1: if you're yeah. making tomato soup, sometimes one tomato tastes a little bit better than the other type of thing. Sure. Right? So it goes yeah. if if you're using mahogany or maple it's like you said these are these are living things and each one is going to be unique to yes and and that really comes back to your guitars there's no guitar that you make that is going to be a replica of of the previous guitar everyone has its own unique uh yeah i mean individual being, I guess they've all
0: got they've all got their own thing. I mean, there are definitely stand I, I have standard models that I work from. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of the custom orders that I get, you know, uh, they don't, you know, sometimes people will see something that I did as a, as a custom and say, Oh, gosh, I want that exact guitar. And, you know, sometimes we'll change something. Like if it was something made specifically like for someone, like if someone has like their children's names inlaid in the 12th fret, um, you know, uh, in a cool design or a different language, you know, I'd say, well, that was specific for that person. Let's do something a little for, different for you. But, um, uh, boy, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, right. th- they are they are all different. But, you know, and then so what Wolf has said is, you know, y- y- yeah, the player uh, – Adds their own kind of thing to it too. And, you know, like a really, really, really good guitar player is going to make any guitar sound pretty good. And yeah. if you, it, for, for me at the end of the day, um, I, I stopped kind of doing the whole tone chasing just because, um, because I have to get stuff done, you know? Yeah. And, and I know that I've, I found the things that I like to work with. Um, I, I have certain bridges and electronics that I like to use and, and I, and I use them. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, to me, as long as the guitar is acoustically resonant, um, in other words, if it's a loud guitar, you know, um, right. it's, it's probably going to sound pretty good regardless what you plug it into. And right. as long as the thing is lively sounding, um, you're going to be okay. And, you know, of course, there's not really a way to necessarily guarantee that every single guitar is going to sound super, super, super lively. But right. I've had pretty good luck with that.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about the company and sure. the the different products that are offered. Now, you've you've mentioned the custom guitars. Mm-hmm. That would be part of the custom series. Yeah. And then you also have something – and we can circle back to the customer sure. series. But you also have something uh, called the conspiracy series. Can do. you talk a little bit about that and what, what that is, the conspiracy Absolutely. series? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of the things that, you know, in, in growing the business, um, and it's, you know, for the most part, it's just me in my garage making guitars. And no matter what, I can only make so many a year. And I've been fortunate enough to become very close friends with uh, a man named Grover Jackson, who uh, right. he's, made, he's made a few guitars in his life. And <clears throat> he, he had stressed to me the importance of scalability. And, you know, because it's, it's, if you're trying to grow the business, you know, you, you gotta make more guitars, you gotta get more things out there. And uh, one of the ways to kind of uh, accomplish that, uh, is is something that I've been asked for uh, for for a few years um, because let's face it you know custom guitars are expensive um, not yeah. everybody can afford them um, totally get that and if I could make guitars in my garage that had a price point of five ninety nine I would be more than happy to do that however I need to live indoors yeah um, and uh, you know it, it the materials cost more than that but anyway um a, a close friend of mine uh, another guitar builder who had uh similar business to mine he started uh, an import line uh, made in korea same factory that makes schecters and ltds and you know um ma- stuff for major manufacturers and we would go to nam together and uh we you know have the our booths right next to one another and for years he had been saying you really got to uh to do this. And then quite frankly, um, I was pretty apprehensive of doing that because I think there is a certain amount of backlash that an American company is going to get um, once they start incorporating uh, maybe an Asian production line. But we did it. And so the Conspiracy Series guitars are uh, very, you know, they're based on the models that I make in the, in as, as customs. Um, there are specific versions of them. Um, in that, you know, like with the, the 71 Starling, it's, it's our 71 body shape, which is a, a, a single cut. Um, but it's a flat top doesn't have binding. Uh, the inlays are different. Um, however, the hardware is all from hip shot. The fretboard is ebony and has a compound right. radius. The frets are stainless steel. It's got glow in the dark, okay. uh, side dot inlay, uh, side dot markers the pickups are wound to my specs. Um, and you know, they're all really solid instruments and they're, you know, they're under 1500 bucks. And, uh, so I make them, we, we do them in, in runs, uh, and you know, they're, they're we'll do like a pre sale, and people can, you know, can order them. And then, uh, you know, the order is placed. The guitars are shipped to me. I go through all of them in quality, you know, go through and do you quality, know, quality control, control. And yeah, um, and you know, and, and then they go off to, uh, to their owners. So, um, one of the things that we're working on, uh, for the conspiracy series problem, well, probably going to happen next year is, uh, is the Michael Sweet signature and, um, a few others that we've, we've have got plans to do, but, uh, the, the conspiracy series guitars are really good. I'm happy to have them. Um, that, in, that said in and of itself, it's definitely a full-time job, right. <laughs> but, uh, it's, but that it's is cool that of, you
1: actually, yeah. you, they're shipped to you before mm-hmm. they go out to the consumer. Yeah. So although they're not quote unquote custom, you right. are personally inspecting
0: them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, I that's am. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Now you, you mentioned actually, let's, so let's circle back to the the custom series. Sure. And again, you went into this, I think a little bit earlier, but, if somebody were to want to have a, a custom design from you, what steps would need to be taken? Is it reaching out to you through the website? With
0: that's the that's the, the most vision.
1: streamlined way to do it. Um, do you meet with them virtually or talk to them on the phone, or or how do how does that? Go
0: it's down? all handled pretty well through email. Um, right. It's very rare that I need to have a conversation with someone on the phone, and quite frankly, I I don't prefer to because. Um, it's, you know, uh, time is a bit of a tyrant and, um, generally speaking, there are, uh, we can, we can figure out specs and all that stuff via email and it works out pretty well. Um, a lot of what I do is, you know, a lot of consultation and I've, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, kind of taking specs and that sort of thing and, and kind of, uh, saying, so this is kind of where we're going. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, deposits happen and I get to, uh, to work, get to working on the guitar. Everybody gets progress pictures and, um, it's not uncommon that I wind up writing little messages uh, or lyrics or whatever uh, I, from whatever song I may be listening to at the time, um, like on the neck shaft before I glue the fretboard on just to try oh, and wow. add a little bit of, cool. you know, uh, there's a bunch of Prince lyrics and, and guitars that, that are floating around <laughs> nice. here, which is kind of cool. Um, and, uh, and other things like I did, uh, I did a 71 that had, I was, was an homage to Mick Mars going back to our earlier Motley talk. Um, Mix Les Paul in the very early days had like uh, a graphic of like this, uh, yellow diamond pattern on the, on the base side, on the low, uh, the lower half. And, uh, this past year for Nam. um, I did that on a 71 and it was like, you know, it did a black relic and and basically took the specs of Mick's Les Paul, but put it on a 71, which I mean, I'm biased. I think it looks better. Um, <laughs> but you know, and underneath the fretboard, it's got lyrics for uh take me to the top on it oh, and nice. stuff like that. It, yeah. 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 It's fun.
1: It's so awesome. And it, you, it, you mentioned it, Mick, you mentioned, I want to circle back to the Michael, Michael sweet. Uh, Uh guitar, which is the Michael Sweet revolution, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We'll come back to that. But uh, Motley Crue, we're obviously both big fans. I have to ask you, I've seen uh, Nikki six sometimes reply to your, your tweets or or like Uh your tweets. Uh, You built a bass for Nikki.
0: I built a guitar for Nikki. Oh, wow. Tell us any, any insight you can share on that. I'd love to hear. Sure. So, um, You know, like, just like I had Ace and then Randy, um, I saw six in, a in a BC rich ad in circus magazine, uh, in study hall. And it was a picture of Nikki and a picture of blackie lawless and a picture of Lita Ford. And I'm like, what the hell? This is great. I am officially on board with this. Uh, saw an ad for shout out the devil, bought that, you know, I just love, 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 love. And, um, I had spoken with Nikki as a as a punk teen when I lived in Hollywood um, on the phone, and and uh, that was that was kind of a, a bit of a mind blowing thing. And then, um, you know, he eventually was following me on Instagram, and this was uh, April of 2017. And <clears throat> at the time, he had started uh, taking guitar lessons and taking vocal Again, lessons. 20 what, what what year was this? 2017. 17, okay. Yeah, so three years ago. And so he had been taking uh, guitar lessons, vocal lessons, just been writing a lot of stuff. And um, he had a, a Gibson Firebird studio that uh, was loaned to him from a friend. And uh, one night he had posted on Instagram that you know something along the lines of, I gotta give this guitar back to my friend. Does anybody have like a white Firebird studio that they can loan me that I can borrow or, or whatever? And I had responded, uh, I think I might have something for you. And so, uh, you know, that was late at night and, and uh, I wake up in the morning and there's a bunch of messages uh, and notifications on my Instagram. And he responded with like, you know, bring it, DM me. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> and so uh so i i send them a message i'm like hey I've, I've got this this guitar it's a it's a raven and um it's white it's i don't know it's, uh, i like it i'll send you some pictures and and um and so he messaged me back and he's like you're know, definitely interested um give me a call uh and you know but text me before so i know it's you and and so this was um this turned out to be mother's day of 2017 mrs ellie and i were about to go out just running errands and stuff and uh i i talked to him for probably about an hour and a half and we talked about guitars for about 10 minutes wow and uh yeah we had uh, what, just, what, what was the other 80 minutes you know it just 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 kind of everything he was talking about guitars and guitar playing and um, you know, I had to share, I, I had to get a couple things out of the way. I'm like, you know, just so you know, you know, um, <laughs> right, um right. you know, I, I, we talked a little about Robin Crosby and Robin was a friend for the last year. And, 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 so we had a little bit to talk about that and, um, just had a lovely, lovely, lovely conversation. And then, um, I'm like, well, so I'll send, I'll send you this guitar and you can check it out. And, uh, if you like it, great. Uh, if not, that's, that's okay. And, uh, so I sent him the guitar and to, he's like, yeah, let me check it out. And then, you know, uh, he, so he he gets it and he's, he's like, absolutely love this thing. Want you to make me like two. I'm like, All right. And so we get to planning, um, the Raven that he wanted me to make. And then, um, it was originally he wanted to do two, uh, two, one in white and then one in kind of like a TV yellow kind of thing. And, and then he changed his mind. He's like, well, I want to do the Raven, but then maybe like a 71. And then at that time he had been, you know, buying guitars like a madman. So it kind of like, let's just, let's just do the one. I'm like, it's no problem. And so, uh, so I made him, uh, made him a Raven. Um, the one design aspect that, uh, that he really wanted is he wanted dot inlays and I'm like, dude, I don't really do dots. I really, you know, I have these, I've got well, yeah. a little, like little hollow block outlines right, yep. or like I've got these inlays that are like little uh, slashes that kind of take the visual space of dots. And I'm like, dude, go with slashes. He's like, I've got to dot. have dots. I got to have dots. I got to have dots. And so his nickname for my, well, one of the nicknames I have for him is Dottie. <laughs> and so, um, and so I built the guitar for him. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a Raven with, um, it's mahogany and it's, uh, it's, it's like a dirty white relic. Uh, my buddy Billy Rowe at Rock and Roll Relics, also of Jet Boy, um, did the paint on that. And um, Stevie from Buckcherry had the, the bridge pickup made for him by um, a company called Arcane. And it's a, it's, a, it's a hot humbucker and it's got a cover and it's got Nikki's um, signature etched into it. And then the neck pickup is a Seymour Duncan Fat Cat a P90. Um, and let's see what else. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the guitar that, uh, that he has. And, um, while I was building that, I, I had a white, uh, 71. I'm like, if you want to, you know, he's like, can you send me that one to check out? I'm like, absolutely. So I send him the guitar. Um, and he calls me up and, and the phone rings. He's like, what is the matter with you? And I laugh. I'm like, well, too. How much time do you got? And yeah. he's like, this is, he's like, he's like, okay, cool. Well, we'll go back and forth saying, you know, what's what's wrong with each other. Um, but he's like, I, seriously though, what's I don't understand. This is the these are. He was just said a lot of really really nice things about um, the guitars, and that was really cool. Um, that white guitar, that white seventy one. Uh, he's like, you know, Stevie's also uh, Stevie from Cherry is also interested, and he uh, can can he you know check this out for a couple days and I'm like yeah of course and so um that was again like three years ago stevie's had that guitar you know that that he uh, he quickly commandeered that and so that's that's how he and i started working together as he he picked this guitar up from nikki's wow. house and uh and and then so we made some guitars together and um a lot of the things that have happened from that you know it's, it's kind of one of those things it kind of helps elevate your profile and then you got other people that might be in, you know, touring bands, kind of take notice of things and and get in touch. So um, a lot of that came from Nikki, and um, it's been he he's been the the absolute the absolute best. Um, wow! What, I, what yeah. an
1: amazing story! Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's just
0: yeah a story sure.
1: about Nikki Six that we don't normally hear and and uh, definitely get to see uh, a side of him that we don't
0: there's yeah through your story and and well, thanks and you know and the thing that uh, people will say oh man would have been cooler if you would have made him a bass and i'm like you know i eh, i don't think so because like he's already he's got a deal with Schechter. he's got all the bases he wants um and you know at that time he was really really writing and playing a lot of guitar and i really feel um lucky to have kind of played, you know, a little bit a of, of, a part of that. Um, you know, and one of my buddies uh who's a a teacher, you know, he would make uh like finger exercises and stuff like, "Oh my god, can I tell you the finger exercise story?" Absolutely, yeah. All right, so I know I mean I I know we got a time frame here and I don't want to Yeah, well, no, the stories are so okay. good. We'll Um yeah, we so that. when when it came so, so going back to when I was building this raven for Nikki, um he really liked the, the neck on the one that I had sent him. And okay. that was done completely by hand. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're gonna vary, you know, the things, you know, when you're making necks by hand, um, you, you kind of, you start with various, uh, you, you start with certain guidelines and frames and thicknesses and tapers and stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're removing wood, and it's gonna feel a little different. And at that time, so this was May, June of 2017, um, I was going to do a, I was going out to Los Angeles um, in early June uh, to do a guitar building class um, with Grover Jackson. Uh, one of the things that I okay. do is guitar building classes. And I had told Grover, I'm like, dude, you should do one of these. Because, you know, you he, he, he should do one. It'd be fun. Uh, so he said, okay. And so I kind of facilitated that. And, uh, I had, I had told Nikki, I'm like, Hey, so I'm going to be out, um, in Los Angeles in June. Is it okay if I get the, the loner Raven that I sent to you? Um, and I'll bring it back to Grover's and I'll measure the next specs. So I have them when I'm making yours. Absolutely. So I, I get off the, get off the plane. I'm on the, uh, on the, the, the tram going to pick up my rental car. And I'm like, greetings from LAX. And he says, welcome to hell. And he's like, if you want to come over, <laughs> totally cool. Right. So I, I get my rental car and I drive to Nikki's house because apparently that's what my life looked like that day. Wow. And, wow, um, and, and he was super nice. We hung out for a couple of hours. um It was, um, you know, it, it, it was, to say it surreal is, is, um, a gross understatement, but, uh, without, you know, gushing for hours on end, it was, um, it was awesome. He was great. Uh, we had a great time just talking about just everything. Uh, I take the guitar back with me to Grover's place and, uh, and I'm like, okay, I'll bring it back to you at the end of the week. Sure. No problem. Um, so I bring it back to him and, uh, we're kind of sitting, we're just talking about, uh, he's like, you know, I just been running scales and, and, and he's like, oh, they're just so boring. I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> they really are. But you know, if you can get right. some finger exercises, um, that are musical, you know, it kind of helps you, you, you go along. And then I had this one uh, We're we're sitting in a, in a living room. Um, I, I had this one that I started showing him, uh, and, there uh, I'm I'm sitting in a chair and there's uh, an acoustic bass right next to me and he's sitting on the couch. And so uh, I, I start playing this thing. He's like, okay. He's like, Oh yeah, that's good. And then he grabs his bass. He's like, "Okay, show it, show that to me really quick. And then I'm like, and then, you know, it's kind of going on and on. And so he's, kind of playing that on bass and I'm just sitting here going are you fucking kidding me and so uh, you know I'm, I'm playing this thing and I just start laughing and he's like what I'm like do you have any idea how surreal this is and he's like what ah. I'm like okay so when Joe right. Perry comes over to your house all <laughs> right he's like yeah I'm like it's a little weird right he's like yeah I'm like it's kind of like that he's like yeah, yeah. so he, then he's like oh you're an idiot I'm like yeah I know that's true but <laughs> being that as it may this is where awesome. we are um, but uh, that's the that's the finger exercise story. But uh, wow. you know, so as
1: um, now I know I yeah. know that finger exercise. I believe you were playing where you're all you keep you're kind of alternating between the uh, yeah the, right. So yeah, and my. Oh, okay, but you're you you got You're stretching. You're stretching the the. Yeah. Okay, so I I play a similar one without the stretch. That uh-huh. I was and my guitar teacher, who I took lessons from in the in Melrose Park, Illinois, had taught me that. Okay. uh Tom Pecora. Melrose.
0: Uh, Tom Tom Pecora in Melrose Park.
1: Yeah. yeah. You yeah, ever I hear them? No, but, yeah. yeah. No, but it
0: sounds good to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Great, great stories. Part. And we we are yeah.
1: definitely kind of approaching the end of our chat sure. here. So I did want to mention the, the Michael Sweet uh, revolution mm-hmm. model. You mentioned that earlier. The background on that and maybe when we can expect it or what's the story? Uh, sure.
0: So a uh, couple friends reached out in February saying Michael is uh, looking for some new uh, people to work with. Uh, we got in touch. I had a couple of guitars on hand that I could send him. He said, really like these. They feel a lot like my old Jacksons. And I'm like, that sounds about right. Cause yeah. that's, that's kind of my DNA. And um, we landed on the revolution model, which is a, you know, a pointy V and uh, I got to work on that. Cause he said, you know, we're doing a record and would like to have it uh, ready for the video and photos. I'm like, no problem. Um, And, and, you know, then we're talking about stripe patterns and I'm like, well, do you have something in mind? Is it cool if I come up with something? And, and he's like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. And, um, I was listening to seven by Prince. Um, and I thought to myself, we, okay, so it's a symmetrical pointy V Let's take some sevens and that'll be the stripe pattern. And we'll, we'll just kind of make a big seven, little seven, little seven. And then you kind of mirror it. And so that, you know, that all kind of works out. I grabbed some tape and I started putting it on a, on a revolution body that I had. I sent him a picture. I'm like, is this cool? He's like, absolutely love it. Great. Cool. So um super easy breezy cover girl made the guitar, uh, got that to him in time. It's in the video for do unto others uh, from the new album um, and as well as uh, divider. And the idea is that we'll do uh you know, we'll make some custom versions of that guitar available. And then, you know, that'll be part of the conspiracy series. Um, the, uh, the prototype for that guitar is currently under construction, um, in the factory in Korea. And my, there's a little bit of a delay with it, which I, I was not aware of, uh, but this was all stuff that I learned like last week. Um, should be beginning of the year uh when we can kind of do a pre-order uh and then you know Michael and I are kind of talking about uh maybe doing a couple of other uh Michael Sweet models as well wow
1: exciting stuff and you did a really cool it was a while back I mean not that long ago but within the last few years I think you did I remember the um Randy Rhodes inspired uh, Sully guitars, like yeah, like you're holding right now, which <laughs> our, our listeners yeah. might not be able to to yeah. see if we're doing audio <laughs> only here. But um, did is that something? Just I'm just curious. Uh, did you have to approach
0: the the estate of of Randy Rhodes to do that? Because well, no, um, because because I mean, here's the thing: is that um, I'm not using his name, right? Uh, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm not marketing it as anything. Um, it is a, it was a tribute to, um, that white pinstripe Jackson, which is yeah. my favorite guitar and that poster right there. Um, that actually, that guitar is one of the reasons why I build guitars. Really, um, wow. I have, I, I have met, um, uh, the siblings, um, a couple times, uh, but it is one of those things where. All I did was I took the pinstripe pattern of that V, which was designed yeah. by Ernie Pedragon, uh, who's a painter at Jackson, and incorporated it, incorporated it into the 71 shape. Yeah. Um, the cool thing for me uh, about it is that this guitar that I'm holding, which is my own personal one, and then the white ones that I made were painted by Ernie, who painted and uh, who painted Randy's white guitar. Wow, amazing! So that's that's kind of fun, but no, it's not a. I I don't. Th- there is no use of his name, right. likeness, any of that stuff. So I mean, you know, no, yeah. and um, yeah. Got it. And
1: you've done work with just to mention a, a quick uh, couple other names here before we we log off. Wednesday Thirteen and yeah. and Twiggy Jordy White, who we miss. I, I think it's about time he makes a, a reappearance in the in the in the public eye. I, I would Agreed. To him return with one of your your guitars or basses.
0: Well, he's got a he's got a raven guitar right now, and uh, you know, I was chatting with him yesterday because he's also into like working on his own guitars. So he had a he had a question about uh, a, a strat that he's working on that we were chatting about, um, and so you know, we're kind of figuring some stuff out. He is primarily a guitar player, so we'll probably do uh, a guitar, and then he had mentioned uh, you know a bass for touring purposes. Should that thing ever be a possibility ever again in the future?
1: Right. Well, we hope it it will. We be do. a possibility, and I, I think I think uh, it's it's time. Um, yeah, it. and it's been great talking with you. Thanks for going Thanks. into uh, a little bit of what it takes to make a good guitar, and also we love your Nikki Six story. So thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll we'll take those any day. Thank He's you, a Sully. good guy. Sure, anytime, anytime. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate sure. it. it Emily nice says hi, you. and uh, no. yeah, yeah, we will uh, we'll be in touch for sure. Sounds good. Take care, Mark. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Talking Metal. Please consider joining us on Patreon as a patron to support what I do. Patreon.com slash Talking Metal. You guys rock. Talk to you next time. Later.
0: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that.